0: Alright guys, so before we dive into today's episode, I just want to let you know what you can expect. So today is going to be a interview style podcast with Hunter Tuck. Hunter Tuck is a massage therapist and he also specializes in a lot of techniques in order to help athletes perform their best alongside the everyday person. And I thought that this episode could be helpful for you guys because I oftentimes get questions on stretching, foam rolling, massage therapy, what to do if your body is in pain during movement. And if that's you, if you've had all these questions, then this podcast episode is going to be for you. Hunter also has a special offer for anyone who lives in the St. Pete Clearwater area, Tampa Bay area, and also the Orlando area because he is a traveling massage therapist. So if you guys are stopping by or if you live in the area, I would highly recommend that you check out the description for more information on Hunter and the services that he offers. So guys, tune in and enjoy. Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini Podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back guys to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio and in today's episode I have a special guest his name is Hunter Tuck. Welcome.
1: How are you doing today guys? It's a Pleasure. Super excited to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: You're welcome. I wanted to bring you on because we've done some body work together and I think a lot of people see you know massage therapy or cupping and they don't really know why people even get that done in the first place. So let's kind of dive into what got you into this profession, and we'll take it from there.
1: So I've been a massage therapist, man, for about nine years, and I get that question a lot, actually, um, of what got me into this industry and and why I'm so passionate about it, and I would have to just kind of follow up on, I, uh, I wanted to help people. I wanted to get in tune with with my body and kind of expand on my knowledge but really allow myself to kind of find my purpose in life and that was to ultimately help people in some way and i just kind of grew up working with my hands and finally kind of went on a tour to a school and and it just kind of flourished from there i was turned out i had a knack for it and Anatomy really piqued my curiosity and always kept me striving to learn more. And it it really has blossomed into something I'm extremely passionate about. And I never get tired of learning and it's it's endless information at the end of the day. So I, I definitely uh, definitely find that massage therapy has, opened up so many doors and opportunities for me in my life. It's, it's been a blessing. Honestly, it saved my life in so, so many ways.
0: Yeah. It's so apparent that you're passionate about massage too, because I've had like before I lived in Florida, I was like hesitant to like finding someone because I've had a lot of bad massages where, you know, it is an investment in yourself, but then when you're done, it's like, I don't feel any better. I feel like they were just kind of going through the motions, but with you, like, I feel like you're educating throughout the process and you really take time to analyze your clients before you work on them because everybody has different struggles with their body. You know, some people have horrible range of motion. Some people have, um, certain body parts that aren't I, like in a good place compared to others. So you really take time to look at each and every single person as an individual and then cater to what they need.
1: Yeah. I found that because our lifestyles change and vary from person to person, that we're even though we're all made the same we end up doing we're creatures of habit so everyone has a different habit when you get up in the morning you know you're either left-handed or right-handed you're you eat your food or brush your teeth in in a certain manner when you go to work or drive to drive to work or school you're doing similar patterns and so when you do these particular patterns time over time, day after day, you begin to create that muscle memory and that kind of just changes and alters your body a little bit at a time. And, you know, as athletes, we see it, you know, where your one muscle group is not the same as, as your other. And it's just simply because we use it differently. But when you can take the time to break it down, you can visually see where the body starts to push and pull itself, you know? Um, And when you take the time to do that, it gives the client, you as the athlete, a little bit more comfort in knowing, like, what's going on. Because we're all trying to dissect ourselves and and figure out our weak points and then build them stronger. But when when your manual therapist isn't really there to educate you on what's going on, it's hard. It's very difficult. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to take things a little bit more serious at that time when you just don't have people to help educate you on things that you just don't know so
0: yeah I feel like finding a good therapist is kind of like finding a good coach like you're gonna probably have some bad ones but you're also going to have good ones so you got to find someone that fits your needs like I know for myself when I reached out to you I wanted to get help with like recovery and also just better range of motion. Um, you also will point out things that I do bad, like popping my hip all the time when I stand, but you know, little things like that are going to impact my performance and even just like how my body feels. And I wouldn't know those things about myself unless I started working with you. So what would you say are some signs that someone should reach out to a massage therapist and get help?
1: Um, when you are experiencing some stiffness, soreness, we all know of that lovely, uh, delayed onset muscle soreness, which I believe we're going to go into here in a little bit more depth, but, um, when you're having, you know, joint pains, um, inflammation in certain areas, if you had a recent injury, you're going to need, to work on some of the muscles around the injury to help sustain stability and comfort um, and plus levels of pain. So um, especially if you are an athlete or maybe you've had a car accident um, or there's been some tragic injury where you've had a, maybe a burn, uh, there's, there's many different things, but when it comes to specific athletes, I would say joint pain and muscle strains, if you're on average working out more than three days a week, I highly recommend that you get body work at least once a month, you know, uh, you're, you're putting a lot amount of stress and load on the body. And when you aren't allowing proper recovery, it, it does hinder your performance in the long term.
0: Yeah, and like by hindering performance, this could be hitting PRs in the gym, moving fluidly throughout your movements. Um, maybe you are just sore for days on end after um, a workout. Like none of that is normal, and you know, massage therapy is going to aid in recovery.
1: Extremely, it can help benefit blood and lymph um, circulation if specific muscles are uh, overcompensating you're gonna to wanna to learn to release that tissue and get a better connection with it. So that way, when you're having issues with range of motion, you can kind of gauge, all right, well, I can turn this muscle off if I turn this one on. And then if you just get a little bit more conscious effort of your body position, your posture, how you're feeling and your range of motion, you know, this will allow you to increase your loads, get better ranges of motion, and just overall feel better when doing your exercises because we all know if you're in pain you shouldn't be doing it Mm -hmm. so we're trying to create a plane of motion where you actually can push a load without pain
0: so yeah and there's so many times where i'll get a client who they'll say like they can't do deadlifts or they can't do a squat and it's not because of you know, that movement itself is just because they have pain and that could be poor biomechanics. It could be, they're just not connected to the muscles to help them support them to do that lift, um, a weak core. So there's so many things that go into those lifts on what could be holding you back. And I really do feel like a lot of compound lifts shouldn't be avoided because they are acts of daily living you know a squat is sitting down in a chair a deadlift is you drop something and you need to pick it back up so if you can't do those movements weighted what happens when you age and you never work on those movements it's just going to progressively get worse
1: yeah i find it's it's really interesting that you kind of say that because you want to kind of point out as you get older you know, you you see it, your grandparents will retire at 60 or 70 years old. And then about two years later, six months to two years later, I would say they're they already have another job because it's, well, you don't want to be sitting down. You don't want to be moving or you don't want to be stuck. You want to be able to move. And because movement is medicine as we, as we know, and the more you can strengthen the bones and the muscles, the longer, uh, you'll be able to functionally use them as you get older.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there um, issues that you see that vary depending on the sex, so like males versus females, like common struggles with their bodies?
1: Yes, um, specifically in females, you guys, you know, the way your your hips will settle, you suffer from an anterior pelvic tilt because we're always trying to kind of, you know, or a hiked hip where you're sitting more on one leg than the other. And I tend to point this out with you all the time while we're just talking, you know, face to face, you know, it's just a habit that we tend to have read or created over time. And it's just comfortable, you know, but it it will over time cause a lot of a lot of imbalances. Because if your hips aren't stabilized and neutral, then your shoulders aren't going to have enough stability to press a, you know an ex, you know any sorts of load because of the geometry of the joint if it doesn't have any support then you're gonna strain a tendon or a tissue or a rotator cuff um, in males uh, I would say a lot of it has to do with poor feet mechanics and um, also that anterior pelvic tilt it's just a it's a societal norm that I'm seeing in a, in a lot of my clients nowadays is uh, just it, it creates a lot of strain on the knee, in the back. It can even cause a lot of neck pain um, because your level of, of plane and range of motion is just restricted when your hips are closed.
0: Mm-hmm. What are some like exercises that people could do at home to help with their hips and Um, strengthening them and being more connected, or even that uh, pelvic tilt that you talked about?
1: So there are some aspects that we can, you know, touch up? 90 and 90s, I love to to use those to really get my internal and external rotation of my hips loosened up. Um, Also, I would say dynamic stretching, playing within your range of motion, um, and, and checking where your limitations are and if you can increase that or add a little bit of resistance to it to help. Um, Specific resistance training would also help a lot. Exercises for pelvic thrusts would be a really good aspect to help with the anterior tilt, pausing at the top. Bridging is another great one to help with neutralizing your pelvis. And um, I would say, uh lunges to help activate your glutes and push forward. You really need to get your pelvis underneath you to stabilize and like we said, just really key points. I find that I'm constantly, constantly saying, let's neutralize your pelvis. Push your squeeze your glutes and push forward. You know, squeeze your glutes and push forward. Even while you guys are on my table, we're we're constantly doing that because it's, you know, the agonists and the antagonists are are constantly battling because of the habits that we have created our muscles, you know, begin to encode a muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And because they're in a specific position for long periods of time, they become so used to staying there that your brain's like, this must be activated. Well, we're in this position all the time. This must be our new anatomical position. And it it becomes very hard to turn that off because we lose that, that connection with the opposite muscle group. So an agonist, you would say your bicep would be an agonist and then your tricep would be the antagonist. The way your muscles and your, your brain function and communicate together is one turns off in order for the other to turn on. You can't flex your tricep or your bicep at the same time um, because it just it, the brain doesn't function that way. And so over time, we begin to get stuck in a position, you know, desk workers specifically, your quads are, are shortened and your hamstrings are elongated. Well, then your core is shortened. And then your QL is, is, uh, or I said your QL is is shortened and then your, your abs are, are elongated. And it just, when you go to stand up, you're not able to connect with your core and just, they create poor postural habits. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I even find myself just, seated at my desk, trying to work on sitting up really tall. Um, I'm sure you see the standing desk too, but then I also feel like if you're standing with poor posture, like that can also kind of screw you up as well. So you're kind of, um, not going to be super mindful of your body posture. if It's a habit, like you said. And, um, this also reminds me of when I did gymnastics, they would line us up all against the wall with our back facing it. And then we would have to take our hands put it by our lower back and press our back against the wall because they would want us to engage our core and um they never wanted us to like have our butt sticking out in that pelvic tilt because like leads you more prone to injury when you're landing or flipping in the air Mm -hmm. and um I remember that just being so difficult and I was like how does anyone just like stand there and do that naturally without like pushing your core in and working super hard, but it was just a huge disconnect that I had.
1: Yeah. It, it, and over patterns, it's just the way our, our brains function with, with one another. And, you know, females were, you know, we're always trying to, you know, have that uh, aesthetic appeal, you know, and it creates, you see so many people on a regular basis do it. And I think as we get older, we, we watch our parents and our, our grandparents, they all do similar things that we begin to mirror, you know, and so mm-hmm. it just becomes, you know, even our, the, our, the individuals that we grow up, you know, uh, admiring the athletes and, and the movie stars and the musicians, they, they all do specific things that ultimately will, you know, we try to mimic or mirror.
0: Yeah, totally. So what are some different techniques that you utilize with your clients? Like I know that we've done the cupping before, deep tissue, um, the stretching together. Can you kind of go into what all of those are and the benefits of each?
1: Yeah. So uh, as a massage therapist, LMT, I, I have certifications in several modalities, we, you know, from Swedish to neuromuscular. Uh, to myofascial work and each doing different things and serving different purposes i've you know been trained in sports therapy and kinesiology along with medical massage emj work where we would work on the inside of the jaw um, and loosening up some of the muscles uh, to release your uh, axis and axial joints c1 and c2 um so with neuromuscular, it's very deep tissue work. You know, this would be something that you would say, or categorize under trigger point therapy, um, working on deeper tissues. Myofascial work would be much more superficial. Myofascial is more um, skin to skin, and it's not a lotion, no lotion is applied. So that way we can work on the fascia. So fascia is a really good example, um, would be if we've all cooked with chicken, that white thin sheet of uh, film that we rip off, that's fascia tissue. And so that is basically, if you would put that under a microscopic um, lens, you would see that it's looks like thin threads of um, spider web. And it's so intertwined with one another that it's made out of collagen that your body produces. And so what happens is is you know we've all seen our grandparents another good example of this is that that hump on their shoulders because they're they're constantly looking down at their feet when they're walking well that is collagen buildup where your body's dumped collagen there to stabilize the the tissues in the back of your neck because they're being pulled so much um through agonist and antagonist activations um and so with neuromuscular work we said it'd be Hey, bud is more deep tissue cupping would be more superficial trying to release some of that fascia tissue and relaxing some of the denser tissue on the outside of the the muscle body so that we can work through it and then um you know, kinesiology tape is also very similar to that, where you're using very superficial aspect. Grasting is another superficial tissue or tool that we would use to release. Um, and then with deeper work, like rolfing, or um, I would say uh, time massage is another form of deeper work, uh, which is really awesome. These all have different um, purposes. And so, all depending on the specific athlete and what we're trying to accomplish, has to do with what we're going to use. Each individual that I come in contact with as a client, I'm going to do a full body analysis, seeing where their bodies are being pulled and what muscles are overactivated or weakened, or certain muscle tissues that aren't being uh, utilized enough. And then we have to go in and create, all right, well, how are we going to reach these tissues? Once we palpate them and see what's going on, you know, is it trigger points that are causing this? Is it um, a muscle, muscle compensation pattern? Is it poor posture? Is it bad habits during lifts? You know, each thing has a different approach for me, at least, you know, I'm going to, if you're having pain in your posterior shoulder, I'm probably going to work on your chest, you know, and how I'm going to dissect that is through specific muscle tests or individual um, pain patterns that you're experiencing. Um, it, It all varies. It all varies from client to client. So,
0: so this might be a silly question, but why is like cupping or that deeper tissue massage painful? What's causing that?
1: Um, so, all right, with, I specifically like to use cupping because it helps with sensitivity issues. With cupping, what you're doing is you're pulling blood and lymph to the surface area of the area applied. And by doing that with that extra fluid in that area, you're allowing the tension that was caused by either fascia tissue or a muscle nodule or a tight, um, uh, tight ligament of some sort you are creating a compression on nerve endings. Well, with cupping, you're bringing blood and lymph and fluid to the surface, and you're allowing that tension to have a little bit more space. You're taking the pressure off the nerve endings that are causing you pain. Um, With deeper tissue work, well, that also varies to the individual. Um, With athletes, you're sore already, you've already created a bit of damage to the tissue. And so with deeper work, you're really kind of, in a sense, you're creating a little bit more damage to help the healing process become a little bit more smoother. Mm -hmm. And as if, you know, with massage afterwards, usually you feel a lot better because you've been able to release the pressure that is causing you um, the pain on the nerve endings that have been compressed through tension or swelling inflammation.
0: Yeah. And isn't so like we have some discomfort with the cupping and the deep tissue massage, but then with stretching that I've heard is just more CNS related to where what holds us back is our CNS is like not trusting that we're not going to get injured in that movement. So it will resist. But then when we use the resistance back on, you know, let's say we're doing hamstring stretch and we push against you, that CNS is allowed to relax a little. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like I do have more capacity to you know, go a little bit deeper in the stretch and not get injured. Um, and I always just found that like super cool. Whenever we do that together, like it just like amazes me that our brain is so powerful.
1: With like protecting us. Right. What you're describing is muscle energy techniques and what we call METs. And with an MET, what we're doing is we're taking a muscle body and we're stretching it to its fullest length. You know, so if we're doing a hamstring stretch, we're gonna we're gonna go to the barrier of the where the muscle body is fully lengthened, and then in that position, we're going to activate it. So you would ultimately be pushing your heel into me, but keeping a straight leg and not buckling the knee. So with that, we would pair it in threes, and we'd hold that activation for up to 10 to 15 seconds. Then we would relax the muscle and then let it fall back into the correct anatomical position where I would lay the leg back down, and then we would then go back to the longest length. And with each Um, rep that we do, we usually do this in about sets of three, you'll notice with every rep that it will actually increase your range of motion. And why is that? And that's simply because we are reminding the muscle of the anatomical position it should be in. If you have very tight hamstrings and they stay in a very taut uh, manner where the muscles don't really have the ability to relax themselves, you know, they begin to, like we said, have a, a muscle memory coded where they just like this is the new anatomical position when it's truly not so mm-hmm. with METs you're allowing that brain to muscle connection to grow and stronger and allowing like oh well this is actually I can relax this if I just turn it off and, and this is how I turn it on you know and you're just cry, you're just trying to i like to say hardwire the brain into the the muscle body a little bit better after our cns has kind of been shocked And you're just, you know, after you shock your CNS, it wants to protect itself. And so you're trying to maintain a particular position. So for instance, with fascia tissue, the body produces that and stabilizes fibrous tissue that has been frayed or damaged. And the fascia tissue is a binding manner to help those frayed fibers stay together so that they can actually recover and heal and mend so that way they become stronger.
0: Yeah. And so much of just like flexibility, just like gaining muscle is going to be consistency. So you're going to lose it if you're not keeping up with it. Even for myself, I had to relearn my splits and that's something I've had since I was 11, but just recently I haven't really needed to do that. And when I tried to go into them, like even a month ago, it was hard and it was pretty painful, but I was able to get, get it back within like just two weeks. So it's just about, you know, keeping up with the stretching and letting my body kind of relax into it because I could just feel how resistant my hamstrings were in that movement.
1: Yeah. And with that into your pelvic tilt, your, your quads are shortened and your hamstrings are hyperextended. And so you, you know, your position of the muscle group is already tight. So then when you put more tension on it, it's just wanting to, you know, give at some point in time, there, there tends to be a breaking point after there's a certain amount of load or pressure has been put on the muscle group.
0: So I kind of want to jump into some rapid fire questions. Now, none of these are going to be like bad choices, but it's more so like if you had to choose one to do only one of these therapies, which one would you choose and why? So does that sound good to you?
1: Sure. Uh, might be a little biased because, I'm, you know, I prefer specific treatments or, or modalities for myself, but I'm open for them. Let's go.
0: Okay. So if you had to choose between stretching versus foam rolling, which one would you choose and why? Stretching
1: because I can do it anywhere at any time and I can increase my range of motion much more than foam rolling. Okay.
0: If you had to choose between static versus dynamic stretching given no workout context, so just like... Let's say throughout the day, mm-hmm. which one would you choose and why?
1: Dynamic is move because movement is medicine at the end of the day, static. It kind of ends you're you, you get stuck in one sense of plane of motion. But when we do dynamic, you're allowed to really play with the full capacity of the joint that you're trying to, to stretch or release.
0: If you had to choose between an active rest day or a traditional rest day and doing nothing throughout the day, which one would you choose and why?
1: active rest day because like I said, movement is medicine. And if anything, you're just in any split, you're not going to hit every muscle group in, that you, you know, in your entire body. So on a rest day, an active rest day would be to really coordinate the muscle groups that one, you might be wanting to concentrate on more or having troubles with activating uh, or just don't have time to hit during your, you know, your workouts throughout the week.
0: Okay. If you had to choose between cryotherapy or um, air compression, like the Nordetech sleeves, which one would you choose?
1: Ooh, um, can I say neither? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Honestly, well, I've had cryo done before and I just wanted to cry. I would time. I pass over cryotherapy and on at
1: the, any day of the week, just because I, I, the body's made of, of water. So when you have elements, it takes a longer period of time for water to freeze than if it was, you know, being blown with water, you know, some sort of wind, then it would be to uh, ultimately like submerge it into something that is drastically, you know, uh, lower temperature. Um, I, I feel like cold air and cold water just, it, it, it affects the body differently. Um, but when it came to compression, uh, I, I do enjoy compression actually, because it, it feels really good and it's really awesome for circulation and, uh, tight muscles that are, are really, really, really sore. So if it would be coming down to, uh, cryotherapy or compression, I would go with compression.
0: Okay. Another fun question. Uh, the percussion guns worth it or save your money? Worth it.
1: Definitely worth it. Uh, you can totally buy, buy a cheap, cheap one, um, and have land around the house. It, they're really beneficial. Uh, I definitely recommend you, you know, research some and check out your, your reviews, but at the end of the day, it, highly worth it highly worth it. Okay.
0: Cupping versus deep tissue
1: massage. Deep tissue work over cupping all day, um, that's just a, a real big preference of mine. We can get better results while cupping is, as I said earlier, I mean, kind of a superficial relief. It's not going to release the deeper tissues and the knots that are required in the deeper muscle groups. Um, but however, Paired together is phenomenal because if you would apply cupping to deep tissue work, then it's not going to be as sensitive. I would say in my my professional opinion, but all day to deep tissue work because you know that's just who I am. Yeah, it's
0: like your your go-to thing. I'm looking
1: thing. For, for at the end of the day. I'm not looking for a masking agent.
0: Yeah, it's like hard because we all have like what we're passionate about. It's like when someone asked me do you like meal plans or keto? I'm like, no, I like macros. <laughs> <laughs> what I do, it's my favorite.
1: Yep, yep. it's just a, a biased preference that we might have with, with our, uh, our way of life and what we've kind of learned what works for us and what doesn't, you know?
0: Totally. Are there any of those that I mentioned in rapid fire that you want to expand a little further on?
1: Um, so you mentioned the, the guns. There's also a specific tool that I, I highly recommend having laying around the house. And it's called a, a back buddy or a TheraCane. Um, these are really, really awesome tools. They're S-shaped canes that have handles on them. And each end has like a different uh, beveled head that you can work on muscles in your posterior. Like I, I highly recommend it. As a massage therapist, I've had one laying around for the last nine years, and it is the best thing that I could honestly, like, invest in when it comes to specific knots that are just, like, hard to get to, and you don't have an extra spare of hands laying around. They're really, really awesome, and you can get creative as hell with them and, and use yeah. them in so many different ways, but Theracanes are definitely a, a good product to have laying around, and they're pretty cheap. You can get them on Amazon for, like, 35 bucks.
0: And so with those canes and like, let's say like a lacrosse ball, if someone does have a knot in their muscle, are they supposed to just be rolling, rolling around on it? Or are they just supposed to hold that pressure there?
1: So, okay. That is going to be varied to the specific pain pattern that you're having. If you find a muscle knot with a TheraCane or a lacrosse ball, or even your foam roller, and you're feeling that pain refer somewhere else, you know, if I were to be working on my lower neck and then I feel this aching pain behind my eye, then that would be, uh, categorized as a trigger point. And so what we would do and how I treat trigger points is you would apply pressure for eight seconds at a time and then release pressure for two seconds and repeat for at least two minutes or until your pain pattern or the referral pain goes away. Um, now if you find a nodule that is more structured around, I would say, um, uh, just localized pain, that you can hold for up to 30 seconds and then release for 10 and then hold for 30 and repeat for uh, up to two minutes um, or until the pain just subsides. So That's that kind of gives you a good, good idea of, of how to approach or understand, or I would say diagnose a nodule.
0: Yeah, it's helpful because I do get my clients who are like, well, I'm foam rolling, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but it's like, are we doing it the right way? You know, are we just kind of going through the motions or maybe something feels uh-huh. a little painful and you're like, I'm just going to avoid that. It's like, oh no, like let's address it.
1: Yeah. Yes. it's If you're, if you're having pain, you've got to address it. You know, um, I've learned that if I have an ache of some sort of soft tissue or joint pain, um, I'm going to look Either above or below the problem, you know. If my knee is hurting, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna, I'm always gonna go to my feet, just because that's you know. When I do a body analysis, you want to start with the feet and work your way up, um, because we all, you know, a tree doesn't grow without its roots, and your feet are your roots. So um, if I'm having some sort of knee pain, I'm gonna be looking at my ankle mobility, my my arch support. Um, and do I have a good connection with instability in my ankle? And then I'm going to move into my calf. It, it, and then if I'm not finding any sensitive muscle groups in, my, in that area, then I'm going to go towards my, my quad and see what's going on. And depending on if you're having pain anterior or lateral medial, I'm going to, you know, that's going to kind of give you an idea of where you want to start looking when it comes to the body part, um, proximal or distal to that, that pain pattern that you're experiencing.
0: Yeah, it's all connected. (laughs) All of it, all of it. (laughs) So if someone's wanting to work with you or just, you know, learn more about what you do, where would they contact you?
1: So you can find me on Instagram at Engage Therapeutic Arts um, right now. And my website is down and being rebuilt. So um, you can also contact me via text message or phone call at 813-445-3513. Um, I'm always open to discuss specific questions uh, or concerns um, about a specific movement or pain pattern that you might be having. So I'm always, always available, doing my best to uh, learn balance in life. You know, uh, I love, love balance because a million micro movements to initiate stillness.
0: (laughs) And you're local to Tampa Bay area. That's the area you serve, you'd say?
1: So we are pretty widespread. I, I spread out between three to four counties. You know, we'll go all the way out to Orlando. Um, we've been spread pretty far. You know, I've, I've done work across the country, depending on my clientele, and uh, from Pinellas, Clearwater area, all the way up to Wesley Chapel, um, out to Lakeland area, down into Sarasota. So um, uh, my reach is very far and wide, and I do what I can to just provide as much Um, opportunity for clients to reach me as best I can. Because as as I'm completely mobile, you you know, I don't have a specific location. Um, I try to bring my services directly to you. So it's easier on the client at the end of the day.
0: Perfect. Well, if you guys are wanting to follow Hunter or get into contact with him, I'm also going to leave his information down below in the description. And thanks again.
1: Appreciate having me. Thank you so much. And you guys have a great day. Stay golden.
0: I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals.